This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. You bet it does, baby. Two minutes past. Second day of September. Still getting used to saying that, to be quite honest with you. But it is a Friday. It is the end of the week. Dan Grosser with you. It's the Dan Grosser Show. 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. The telephone number. Tom Bauer, Joe Leo, hanging out as well for the next few hours as we send you into the holiday weekend in style here on 98.7 ESPN. As always, you can check me out on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. And boy, is there a lot going on. This is always one of my favorite weekends of the year. And if you're a sports fan, it should be one of your favorite weekends as well because this is kind of like the cross-section of so many things going on all at the same time. You know, if you're a tennis fan, you got the U.S. Open, which is two great weeks. And, of course, with the Serena storyline and everything that is really just kind of captivated sports across the country. But it's right here in our backyard. She's going to be in action here momentarily a night, a round three matchup against Aya Tomlanovich at Arthur Ashe Stadium and seeing if she can continue to do the impossible. We'll keep you up to date as that one gets going here. But you got the tennis. You've got the baseball. You've got two of our teams here that are in first place with five weeks to go in the regular season, right? Seeing if they can continue to hold on, seeing if they can continue this first-place quest and cement it with a trip to the postseason as division champs, maybe even get themselves a first-round bye, right? And not have to worry about playing a wild-card round, just get right into that division series, as you would expect them to, and I think that that will happen. But two teams, even though they're in first place, they're heading in opposite directions when you talk about the Mets and the Yankees and the way that they've been playing baseball here. Of course, the NFL season is less than one week away from starting. Less than a week. Thursday night, L.A., Bills, Rams. Bills got a new punter, by the way. But it's here. Our teams, a week from Sunday. Giants in Tennessee, Jets home for Baltimore. Like, you could feel it. It's happening. And I understand that most so-called experts don't expect much from our football teams this year, right? Forecast is kind of pessimistic. Optimism doesn't necessarily reign supreme. And you know what? Can you blame them? You know, last five, six years, I mean, collectively speaking, the Jets and the Giants have been maybe the two worst teams in the sport. Maybe. You know, you throw Jacksonville in there. But, yeah, it hasn't been pretty. So while we all wait for this turnaround, and maybe there's some signs to think that it could happen and it might be happening sooner rather than later, you look at it and say, well, why should I believe? Why should I be a believer? you got to go out there and prove it on the field. College football already underway, but tomorrow the first big college football Saturday. Everybody plays. A lot of good storylines there. If you didn't have your eyes and ears to the news cycle earlier this afternoon, you missed it. The college football playoff is going to be expanding from four teams to 12. It was inevitable. It was bound to happen. The only question now is when exactly will it happen? It's going to happen no later than 2026, but it could happen even sooner. Could happen in 2024. Could happen in 2025. But we're only going to get the four teams this time around, still, for at least the next couple of years. But it's exciting with all this stuff going on. You know, we got entertained this summer with the rumor mill and the news cycle with the NBA, with the Knicks and the Nets. And unfortunately for the Knicks, they 
didn't get the guy they wanted as Donovan Mitchell went to Cleveland. We'll have more to say about that because the fallout continues, right? It has to continue. And the Nets are just like a weekly daily soap opera. Kevin Durant wants to go, Kyrie wants to go, then Kyrie wants to stay, then KD wants the coach fired, but then he wants to stay, and now they're all one big happy family. Good luck with that one. And before you know it, training camps are going to be opening in hockey in just a few weeks. You know, Rangers making it to the conference finals last year. Can they improve upon that? Fun times. You know, this is exciting. That's why, I mean, I know that the summer, this is like the unofficial end of summer. I get all that stuff. But... There's a lot going on if you're a sports fan. I love this time of year. I love this weekend. So we got plenty to get to here over the next few hours, and we're going to make the most of it, certainly, with all your calls at 800-919-3776. And I said it last couple of nights. I cannot wait for next week. You know, when we come back from the Labor Day holiday and we get these shows up and running, you know, this is going to be like our first football season together, you and I. You know, having the show each and every single day. We got some great things planned each and every week for the football season here to get you everything you need to know to get you set for game days, get you set for the weekends, and I think we'll have some fun too. But we got to start with the baseball tonight because, as I said, we got two first-place teams here in New York. Yankees were off, though, yesterday, thankfully, mercifully. They needed a day, didn't they? As bad as they were out on the West Coast, as awful as they played against two of the worst teams in the American League, and they limped back across the country Now to take on an old adversary. But a team that they've played pretty well against this season. You know, they've done a good job against Tampa Bay. You can't complain. But they're going to see a lot of this Tampa Bay team here over the next couple of weeks. Tonight is going to be the first of six in ten days against these Rays. And it's a Tampa team that's playing well. They've won 14 out of their last 18. They're starting to do what Tampa Bay generally does. This time of year, get themselves in position to make a push for the postseason. I know they're down a couple of pitchers here, and all right, big picture-wise, maybe that's a little bit of a wrench that they're going to have to deal with, but at least in terms of right now, they're a team you don't want to play. Herman tonight against Jeffrey Springs, and Herman, look, he is what he is. He's not a guy that you're going to be relying upon necessarily come playoff time to go out there and pitch you a big game. I mean, he's going to more or less be an extra arm. But he hasn't been that bad. I mean, think about it. Four out of his last five starts, he's allowed one earned run or less. I mean, he's really been a pleasant surprise. But I just don't know if that's a guy that you're relying upon a thousand percent once the games take on an even greater importance. And perhaps it's no coincidence that you're talking about a Tampa team that's the one that is closest to the New York Yankees. Five games in the loss column separates these two. Just five, even though it's a six-game lead. But you look at that loss column because that's the most important thing here. And it didn't take long to get down to that. That's what's troubling, right? This was a 15-and-a-half game lead on July the 8th. July the 8th. Not like May, July the 8th. And they shaved almost 10 games off of that lead. Let's go back even further, though, because remember last night we were talking about the way this team has been playing and whether you take it seriously or not and how do you assess it? You know, is this just who they are? Or is it a little bit of a speed bump, a little bump in the road? 
Is there a way that they could snap out of this? Well, you go back a couple of months, and I don't know about you, but two months to me is a pretty good sample size. That's not a fluke. That's not just, oh, you know, bad stretch of baseball. Two months is two months. That's 50-plus games. Since July 3rd, you realize the Yankees have the fourth-best record in the American League East? Fourth. That's not in the American League. That's not in Major League Baseball. That's in their division. So if you want to pass this off as, ah, it's, it's nothing major, you know, they'll get past this. Well, two-month sample size I'm giving you. They're 21-31 and 31 during that stretch. That's not just a blip. That's a trend, right? That's who you are. 21 and 31. Baltimore's 34 and 17 in the same stretch. Tampa, 10 games better than the Yankees during that stretch. That's why they shaved off all those games in the division. So who's going to step up? Who's going to help this team out? You know, who's going to carry the lead? Well, they got a guy. Right? They got a sluggery. Where's number 99? And I'm not com- and this isn't about Judge. I'm not complaining about Judge. He's been great this year. He's been fantastic. He should be the MVP. He will win the MVP unless something crazy happens. He's doing his part. But who else is going to do theirs? Right? I know he's not one of those guys, but you know, you got to figure. Behind closed doors in that locker room, you you mean to tell me that Aaron Judge is not going in there after these disappointing performances and, you know, slamming things around and maybe just trying to urge his guys, get them fired up a little bit. Say, hey, guys, you know, am I going to get any help here? How about somebody actually showing up, stepping in that batter's box and doing something and producing? Because guess what? That's going to be more opportunities for him. If you're an opposing team and the Yankees come into town and you look at their lineup and you say, who the hell outside of Aaron Judge scares me? And the guy who's actually been hitting the ball out of the ballpark pretty well for, you know, the last little while, Rizzo, he gets an epidural, he's going to be shut down this series. So you're not even going to have him. Who else really scares you in this lineup? Stanton is not Stanton yet. He's still trying to round into form from missing all that time because of the Achilles. Since the All-Star break, Yankee hitters not named Aaron Judge are batting 214. Think about that. Slugging only 333. That's pathetic. You know what that is? That's why you're 21 and 31 during that stretch. That's what that is. And they got five weeks to figure it out. August was dreadful. We talked about it yesterday. Dreadful. 18 losses during the month. 18. They had nine games in the month of August where they only manufactured four hits or less. Pathetic. Pathetic, pathetic. Can they snap out of it? Will they snap out of it? I'll say this. This is a pretty damn good opportunity, don't you think? This opponent, this team, this series, this weekend. If you're going to turn things around, this would be a good place to start. Really would. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. Got a jam-packed program tonight. Like I said, I'm not going to leave you hanging. 
I know that it's the vacation and, you know, hopefully a lot of you got plans and you're just going to take it easy. You're going to chill. Maybe you're going away. Good luck getting there. You can't get anywhere in this town. Nowhere. But we got some things planned for you here. We'll do a lot of the NBA stuff and the fallout from Mitchell Gate. Our good pal Rob Perez, a.k.a. Worldwide Wob of Underdog Fantasy, is going to join me a little bit later on, 9 o'clock. And with the NFL right around the corner, thought it was a good time to ring up my pal Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network, have her come on and give us some projections for the upcoming season, Jets, Giants, others, some fantasy. And, oh, yeah, her relationship with Baker Mayfield. Now, that thing has uh, kind of gotten a little crazy over the last few days, but she'll shed light on it, of course. Cynthia will join us coming up at 8. When we come back, though, I, just a couple of more things about the Yankees. Like, yesterday I said that they needed a spark, right? They needed a spark. They needed something. And while they went ahead and acknowledged that, and they went ahead and did something, they still didn't do it to the extent that maybe you would like. And that's what I'm trying to wrap my mind around. It's a Dan Grosser show on this Friday. Heading into the holiday weekend right here. 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dan Ross, show 987 ESPN on this Friday evening. Labor Day weekend. Hope everybody has a safe and healthy one. Be back with you after tonight on Tuesday and... Kick off the money season, football week, game week, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, So with the Yankees, I thought that they would best benefit from a little bit of a spark. They need something, right? Just, just, Just something, anything to change things around. That's one way to help break out of this rut that they're in. And I said they got five weeks to figure it out. So they did something smart in the fact that they called up Oswald Peraza. All right, great. And especially on the heels of what happened a couple of nights ago out in Anaheim, we had IKF booting that ball 
which allowed the inning to go on and allowed Shohei Otani to take Garrett Cole over the outfield fence. And as I said yesterday, everybody's going to point to these IKF metrics and tell me he's one of the best uh, defensive shortstops in baseball and defensive runs saved and blah, 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 blah. Here's the bottom line. Okay, IKF is in there for his glove, not his bat. That's why he's in there. If they hit you the ball, catch the damn ball. It's as simple as that, you know? You can give me all the metrics. You can give me he's sixth, the seventh. You know, Aaron Boone is going to sit there and tell you that he rates as one of the best defenders. You know what my eyes tell me? I know that if in the major leagues you got a guy out there and it's a semi-routine-ish kind of play, you expect him to make it. For a major leaguer, you expect him to make the play. After all, that's why he's there, right? That's why he's out there. Now, perhaps that was a coincidence, perhaps not. So they call up Peraza. Right? Needs a spark. Rizzo out all series because he had the epidural. Let's see what Peraza can do. Right? Let's see what this guy can provide for this baseball team. Right? He should have been up weeks ago if the fans had it their way. Should have been up weeks ago. So now he's finally here. But what happens? What happens? He's not even in the lineup tonight. He's not even in the lineup tonight. Like, what are they doing? Right? I mean, like, like what, what are they doing? Why is he not up here? And the explanation that Aaron Boone gave before the game, you know, like, I had a conversation with IKF, and, you know, he knows that he's a big part of this thing, and he's going to be a big part of this thing, and, you know, they're going to pick and choose their spots as to when they're going to be able to, to get uh, Peraza in the lineup, he should have been in the lineup today. He should have been in the lineup tonight. This isn't a free ride. This isn't a free-for-all. This isn't a situation where you're getting called up by the Pittsburgh Pirates, for example, and you're just getting your feet wet in the big leagues and, you know, we're going to see what you can do and see if you can help us next year. This is a pennant race. This is the New York Yankees. You're in first place. You're trying to win a division. The guy should have been in the lineup. But they must know more than we do, right? They must know more, obviously, than just us, the fans, and the media. Otherwise, you know what? If he wasn't up here and he didn't want him to be up here and he didn't think he could play, well, then why did you even bother to call him up? So we'll see. I don't know if he's going to give him that spark on the bench, if he's going to be Mr. Rah-Rah guy, if he's going to be the best cheerleader that the Yankees have. I don't know. But if you ask me, you should be in the lineup here. 800-919-3776. However, good news, maybe some reinforcements, more reinforcements coming. You got Severino who's going to make a rehab start tonight or making one tonight down there in Tampa. That's a positive. Zach Britton's going to throw again tomorrow, and Nestor's going to throw on Sunday. So little by little, maybe you get some of these pieces back. You know that Severino will return sometime in the middle of September. Nestor is not too, too far away, but... They still wanted to be careful with him with the arm and the innings before this groin stuff even circulated there. But, I, I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what the conversation is going to be like in a few days. If the Yanks go down there to Tampa this weekend and completely spit the bit, then what? Right? Then what? They better snap out of this thing fast. They really and truly have to. And I think they're playing the wrong team at the wrong time, unfortunately for them. As far as the Mets are concerned, I mean, 
What more can you say? Right? Life is good if you're a Met fan. You're arguably the second best team in baseball right now. Maybe the best. Who knows? You know? I know they're not regular season records, but you mean to tell me this Met team can't stack up against anybody in the playoffs? Anybody? Well, they proved that the last few days. Coming toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. And I've said it on this show many times. I'm worried about the Dodgers in the playoffs. That starting pitching poses a great deal of concern, if you ask me. Really and truly, with all these injuries. They can be beat. They can be dealt with. But the thing with the Mets, when I look at them, their biggest enemy for the remainder of the season might be themselves. And it might be complacency. And not getting caught looking too far ahead. That's what the Mets have to guard against. Because the schedule is super, super conducive to them having a really, really strong finish. And even though the Mets only have like a three-game lead right now over the Atlanta Braves, and by the way, Atlanta tonight, yes, they're playing the Marlins, but it's Sandy Alcantara on the mound. So you like your chances if you're the fish, and if you're a Met fan, you're happy because Alcantara is, you know, the Cy Young favorite right now probably in the National League. And let him go out there and deal against Atlanta, maybe do you a favor, while the Mets are sitting here having to deal with the crummy Nationals. And it's not just the Nationals this weekend. After the Nationals, it's the Pirates, and then it's the Marlins, and then it's the Pirates, and then it's the... You get my point? Mets are play 16 in a row. 16 in a row before they see a winning team again. And that's going to be Milwaukee. And Milwaukee is a far cry from the team that they were a couple of months ago. Trading deadline screwed up that whole team. Whole team. By moving on from Josh Hader. That was a disgrace. And they probably couldn't have bargained that it was going to have those type of ramifications in the clubhouse. But it has. So the Mets got 32 games left this season. 26 of them are against losing teams. I like where this team is going. And I'll tell you, we've talked about them a lot this year, haven't we? We've talked about the manager. And how having him in the dugout is going to help this team maybe navigate through some stuff that perhaps in the last couple of years would have sunk them. Right? You have an experienced manager. Not going to let them get too far ahead or look too far ahead. I mean, you hear Buck. They ask him, like, he's sitting there in the post game, and they ask him about, like, tomorrow's game. or the, He's like, I'm just uh, – I'm still trying to, you know, process this one. Like, the dude never is talking about looking too far ahead. And hopefully that gets passed down to some of the players. Because a lot of these guys on this team, you know, they haven't really tasted winning yet. Not in this city. You know, Max Scherzer's got a ring, but that was in D.C. A lot of these other guys, they haven't really experienced that yet. They're all kind of going about this together for the first time. So now you have a manager there that's going to hopefully provide that steadying hand and take this team to the heights that, by all accounts, they should be at. Because if you look at the Mets right now, seriously, like, what team can you definitively say is better than them in the National League. And don't say the Dodgers. They're not. Especially in a short series. DeGrom and Scherzer against who? For the Dodgers. Who? Dustin May, who's made two starts after missing a year and a half with Tommy John? 
Clayton Kershaw, who might be on the uh, injured list by the time October rolls around because his back could flare up again. You can't trust that team, and you can't trust that starting pitching. That's why if the Mets can stay on the course and not suffer any of these injuries which could potentially derail them, this could be a special, special month of October for the New York Mets. As a matter of fact, I'm almost banking on it being. And why wouldn't you think that way? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So we'll keep you up to date on both of these games as they're going on. They're both scoreless right now in the first inning, but big games nonetheless. Certainly more for the Yankees because they're scuffling, right? They need a little bit of a jolt. Mets, on the other hand, yeah, it's a big game, but, you know, it is Washington. You expect them to go out there and continue to take care of business. We come back, you know, we had a lot to say last night about the way the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes shook out for the Knicks. And a lot of people were unhappy. I think most people were unhappy. Others saw it a little bit more rationally and said, well, you know what, maybe the price tag was a little bit too high. But I got to be honest with you. That one report that came out late last night, like we didn't really talk about it too much. But the report that came out towards the end of the show last night, that really leaves me scratching my head. Like I don't know if I'm all, as a matter of fact, I'm not all in. Not I don't know. I know I'm not all in. And I think there's a little bit of chicanery tied to it. I'll tell you what I mean, plus your phone calls. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 800-919-3776. That is our telephone number today across the show. 98.7 ESPN on this Friday, September the 2nd, Labor Day weekend. Oh, baby. Football season right around the corner. You know what else is around the corner? The Scorpions. Because they're coming to UBS Arena on Wednesday, September the 7th. So stay tuned for your chance to win a pair of tickets coming up later in tonight's show. It's all from Live Nation. Tickets are on sale right now at livenation.com. So late in the show last night, you know, as we were trying to dissect and make sense of everything that happened, you know, with the Knicks and their subsequently failed pursuit of one Donovan Mitchell. Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj to you and I, tweeted out a report that apparently earlier in the summer, you know, not long after the draft, so it was like early July, when the Knicks in Utah started having conversations like right at the beginning. He said, once upon a time, when the Knicks in Utah were starting to maybe put the pieces together on this deal and seeing if they can perhaps work something out, he said that the Knicks offered Utah a Donovan Mitchell package that included R.J. Barrett, 
Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round draft picks, sources tell ESPN. Jazz turned down that offer, and Robinson signed a $60 million extension to stay with New York. Hmm. First and foremost, I'll ask you the question. Um, Do you believe that to be true? And I'm not saying that Woj is reporting incorrectly. No way, no how. That's not what I'm doing. My point is, wherever he got the information from, and me thinks that it might have came closer to home, do we really think that that's accurate? Right? Because think for a second what the Knicks ended up offering when it was all said and done, and it was a package that supposedly wasn't good enough. Right? And that's why Danny Ainge pivoted to Cleveland. A Cleveland team, by the way, that was supposed to be on the outside looking in with this trade. Were they not? Cleveland was supposed to be out. We heard they're out. And it was supposed to clear the path for him coming back home here to New York. So if the Knicks only wanted to include, let's say, two unprotected picks, and they went ahead and they re-signed R.J. Barrett, even though, you know, before they re-signed R.J., I'm sure that his name was in the discussion and was part of the trade, but R.J., O.B., and Mitch, and three unprotected ones? Are you serious? Like, that that's what we're basing this off of, and Utah turned that down? Now compare that to what Utah ended up trading him for. They got three unprotected picks. Okay, so there's your picks. And they swap in 26 and 28 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you got Colin Sexton, Laurie Marketing, and Ochai Obagi. And Ochai Obagi is basically, it's like another draft pick because he was a rookie, just got drafted this year. Sexton, Marketing, Abaji. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson. So wait a second. You mean to tell me that Utah turned that down and then ended up accepting a package, even though we were a little bit later on in the process, and yeah, you have the ability to swap those picks in 26 and 28, they thought that was incrementally better than what that Knicks offer was? See the difference here? I mean, or do you not see the difference? Point I'm trying to get at is, do you really believe that that is accurate, that the New York Knicks offered that package and Utah turned it down? I, you know what? I'll believe a lot of things in this world. I'm willing to at least sit here and, and, and let things marinate for a few minutes. There is no way, no how I will ever believe that the Knicks put that forward on, or that, that put that offer on the table. No way, no how. If the Knicks made that trade, their fans would be rioting right now. Rioting. And I'm talking to each and every one of you guys that has talked to me over the last, what, two months that we've been doing this and saying that you can't include RJ in a deal, you can't include X amount of draft choices, you can't include this, you can't include that, you're not allowed, you can't just allow Utah and Danny Ainge to walk into Madison Square Garden and take whatever the hell he wants. Right? So don't you think to me that this is more than anything else, maybe just a little spin doctoring? Because that's the only way that I see it. You know, maybe somebody within the camp of the Knicks after the deal fell through on their side, 
and they probably gauged that their fans were probably going to be a little bit upset that they didn't get that superstar again, right? The guy that they've been trying to get for years and years and years and years, and they just can't make it happen. So instead, they try to go a little maybe, all right, let's get some good PR out of this. And instead, what we're going to do is we're going to tell the world that, hey, look at what we offered. Because remember, what was the fallout? The people that wanted this trade to go down from the Knicks side of things, why didn't you give up more draft choices? Why didn't you offer more? Why did you only hit the pause button at two unprotected picks? Why didn't you offer more? Okay, well, if you leak a report, and if you tell Woj that, no, we offered more than two. As a matter of fact, we offered RJ, we offered Obi, we offered Mitch, we offered the whole damn thing. We offered Spike Lee, and Utah turned it down. So I don't believe that for a second. Because you know what, if there was actually an or I mean, I wouldn't even give, I mean, this is a package you put together maybe if you're trying to bring in, you know, prime LeBron James or prime Michael Jordan. Or if you're going to tell me that, you know what, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to make Giannis available. That's what I offer. I mean, Leon Rose is a smart guy. We don't hear much from him, but he's a smart guy. You really think that the people in that organization put this offer on the table for a guy who's good, and I love Mitchell. Don't get me wrong. Love him. I was the one sitting here telling you for weeks that they should go ahead and make this deal. And I was even going to include R.J. Barrett in it. But you mean to tell me that this is what they put forward for a guy who is not a number one, who probably, probably may not even be a top 15 player in the NBA. He's not a guy that instantly elevates you to championship status, even though he's good even though he's a piece, even though he's somebody who could go out there and just light up the garden on any single given night. But all of those things, and this is what you put forward, and you and, and, and here's even better. Here's even better. Utah turned that down? Come on. Come on. Am I the only one that smells a rat here? I, I, I mean, please. Please. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Tell me what you think. I mean, are you actually believing this? Because for the life of me, I'm not. I'm not allowing myself to think that this was even possible. You know what? Teams leak things all the time. All the time. For good, bad, and different. But it's to try to control the narrative. And they probably expected that there would just be this groundswell of negativity after they failed to get their guy. Because for the last how many weeks, it was the Knicks or nobody. Cleveland dropped out. Knicks had the best package. The Knicks had the most they could offer the Utah Jazz, and they still didn't get them. So let's come up with this preposterous trade that Utah supposedly turned down and that we would have probably even been more ridiculous for even offering. Take your calls. Remember, Cynthia Freeland's going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Talk a little NFL, some forecasts for the upcoming season. But we're still dealing with this Knicks fallout. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. 
This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This deal, from what I can understand, Donovan Mitchell was almost a Nick on Sunday and Monday. It almost happened. And I this think that even of as of yesterday morning, I think that I could have still seen it come together. Um, there was emotions on both sides here that I think ended up playing in and, and sent Donovan to the cast. Does that make you feel better? Huh? Does that make you feel good? Is that what you want to hear? That's Brian Winhorst. He was on Barton Hahn earlier today talking about the trade that wasn't between the Knicks and the Utah Jazz. Instead, Donovan Mitchell's going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Knicks are left with their draft choices. And make no mistake about it, what's going to happen here? Start to begin to identify other star players around the NBA and who might be a little bit irked at their current situation, who's unhappy, who might want a one-way ticket out of town, and that's when the Knicks are going to have to come calling again with those draft choices to be able to get their guy. Because isn't that really the only way things are going to change? You know, like drafting top-notch talent, bringing them into your franchise, I mean, that's a nice theory. That's like in the blueprint of how to build a winner. But how often does that really work? Like what happened in Golden State, I mean, that's, that's, that's a rarity. That happens once in a blue moon where you're able to get guys like Curry and Draymond and, and Clay Thompson, keep them all together for an extended number of years and just win and win and win. Right? I mean, look at Oklahoma City. The situation they had with KD and Westbrook and Harden, and that thing eventually fell apart. And they did it without even getting a championship. Right now, the way the NBA is structured, you know what? Your best plan, because the draft is so hit or miss. Remember, you're drafting like babies half the time. Guys who are coming out of college after just one year, they're teenagers. How do you know really what they're going to be? I am way more inclined to sit there and say, give me a guy who's actually done it on this level, who's actually produced, and I know what I'm getting if I am going to part ways with X number of draft choices. Andrew in Brooklyn, up next, Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. Andrew, how we doing? Dan, how you doing? It's a pleasure. Andrew, what's up with you? How's things? Yeah, so with the Knicks, I understand what you're implying by being skeptical about the deal. Um, and personally, as a as a Knicks fan, I'm not totally upset we didn't get Donovan Mitchell. But this is the thing. The only reason I would I would rebut what you're saying is because the the Rudy Gobert trade messed everything up. That's why I would believe that offer was actually made by the Knicks because Look at it like this. Um, Colin Sexton is is a borderline all-star if he's healthy. So I don't think the Knicks package was that much better than the Cavs. I mean, it, it, assuming Colin Sexton is healthy. That Rudy Gobert trade messed up the whole market. Now Danny Ainge thinks he could get draft picks from teams up till 2040, year 2040, and on, on Adonis and Mitchell, who at best, is the second-best player on a championship-winning team. So I just wanted your opinion on that, about the Rudy Gobert trade. Messing well, the, up the, thing about Gobert, the thing about Gobert, and what do they get, the five unprotected picks or whatnot, this one, what Utah ended up getting from Cleveland, I think it's similar because you got the extra players. Like, they got extra players back from the Cavaliers as opposed to what Utah got from Minnesota with Rudy Gobert. 
So that's why to them, I guess they found that it's kind of equitable. But if you want to sit there and try to convince me that Colin Sexton is a good young, which he is, and, you know, unfortunately for him, he got injured. Got injured in Madison Square Garden, believe it or not. But R.J. Barrett is every bit as good, if not better, than Colin Sexton without the injury history. Right? Less red flags. Now, he's also going to cost you a little bit more, too, which maybe Utah was a little bit apprehensive to have to deal with. But Knicks could have got this deal done if they wanted to. They could have got this deal done if they wanted it to happen. Let's hear more from Brian Windhorst. Because as I said, he was on with Barton Hahn, and he said, point blank, Knicks are going to regret this thing for years to come. What the Knicks, I think, had to get to a place with was would they be okay not getting Donovan Mitchell knowing that they wouldn't have overpaid? Are, are, are they comfortable today saying, okay, we didn't get this star player, but at least we didn't overpay? That's a tough one. That's a tough one when you don't know the future. And um, especially early in the season, if, you know, if the Knicks struggle and Donovan Mitchell is great in Cleveland, which there's a good chance he will be, the Cavs needed scoring. I could see him being a really good fit there out of the gate. You know, that could potentially uh, hurt. And, you know, ultimately what they do with those picks is where it's going to get defined. Or you can look at it another way. And I thought that this was really interesting because, as I said, now you have all these draft choices, right? Identify someone on another team in the NBA, somebody who possibly could be pride-free from their current commitment in a couple of years, or maybe even this year. Who knows? If they're dissatisfied, if something happens, if there's a manager, a management change or if something. Because, you know, sometimes these guys just wake up the next morning and be like, hey, I want to get out of here. I want to change. Remember, James Harden was Mr. Brooklyn until he didn't want to be Mr. Brooklyn anymore. Not to say that he's the guy you go get, but point is things change like that. Jay Williams, one-third of KJM on ESPN Radio, he threw out a name that I thought was very intriguing that in a couple of years maybe this superstar, MVP, champion, could be calling Broadway home. Take a listen. I'm going to double down on a name on the list, Key, because this is what I do. Two years, yeah. Key has an out, Giannis. I, and the, only reason I, the only reason I say that is because Giannis is the type of dude that doesn't need anybody to be there to want to come there. You know, people are like, oh, what's the team look like? And he's that type of cat getting the championship in Milwaukee. He may get another one before his time is done. Who knows? Or maybe stays his career in Milwaukee. But New York City is a place that, understanding his international roots – for the game of basketball, right. the blue-collar immigrant style, like, he does not need New York to be like, oh, I got all these pieces. He's like, yo, I want to play there. I want to I want to win there. I can win there. And, like, that's a different that, – that's something that's intriguing, but that's still two years away, and that's the problem. Nick fans really got to hear that, right? So that's all they're going to be thinking about for the next two years. And I will say that, look, not saying it's going to happen, not saying I agree or I disagree. But if that were to take place and Giannis does leave Milwaukee, fans in Milwaukee don't have an ounce of a gripe because he delivered you a championship. He did everything he was supposed to there. And if he decides he wants to move on, then you know what? So be it. 